The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Scott Jensad is uh, enjoying the holiday weekend with the family, but fear not. I've got dead pull hitter. I found someone else that's smarter than me to help co-host the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We'll be doing that next, talking fab, news, week ahead, and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with my co-host for the evening, Rob DiPietro. You can find him on Twitter at deadpullhitter.com or at deadpullhitter. And you can find his Patreon, which has three different levels. On, uh, it's also called Deadpullhitter, ironically enough. Uh, fantastic NFBC player, frequent guest on this show. You've heard him before, you know him, you know he's great. Rob, welcome, how are you? I'm fantastic, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me here. It's always just... It's always a great honor to come on the Road to Wire pod and especially to fill in for this uh, massive man that we know as Scott Jenstad, you know? Yeah. Just big, big time, big time. But thank you for having me. I love being here. Of course. Of course. So um, how, how was your, uh, your, your weekend? weekend? We'll go into the details of Fab, but did you have a productive uh, evening, if you will? Um, in Fab, yeah, it was, it was very simple this week. It was uh, – keeping the bids low, um, yeah. nothing eventful. Um, it was one of those where I look back and I said, wow, I just, you know, I spent several hours just to have this <laughs> turnover. And it just, right. they seemed like such minuscule moves. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we uh, pour in a lot of time just to try to make any incremental change that we can. So sometimes even if it's not a wow player or something that seems like great right now, it could develop into something great. So Exactly, exactly yeah. right. Um, let's jump into the news. Uh, it's yeah. a tricky week with injuries because we got the all-star break coming up in a week. So anybody that's day to day, often you'll see teams kind of say, okay, screw it. We're going to put you on the IL, get the, you get 15, you know, five of those 15 days are going to be covered. Anyhow, it's not 15 games. It's 15 days. Uh, all these day to day guys, it's really tough to kind of straddle, uh, and figure out if, okay, we're we going to have them this week or not starting with Clayton Kershaw, who's been amazing so far this year, but man, um, you know, he gets hurt every year. Seems like they kind of play games around the all-star break and maybe down the stretch as well. It looks like we might see him go on the IL. Yeah, that's tough. Um, he has just been fantastic. Um, there's nothing that can be said that we haven't said about Clayton Kershaw to, you know, big, big shoes to fill. The Dodgers always seem to find ways to uh, patch it together. I guess Michael Grove looks like he'd be the biggest um, benefit of this right now. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, you know, they're, they're really relying on the youngsters and Sheehan and, and Bobby Miller. Um, just really goes to show you how well stocked they are and how much, you know, if they could just turn it around so quickly. Um, Urias had a pretty bad day, I think, yesterday. A lot of people were noting the soft exit velos and just balls that were finding the hole. So together, um, you know, I think they'll make this work, um, even if Kershaw needs to miss extra time, you know. Going into the weekend, the Dodgers had the 10th ERA in the National League. Not in baseball, the National League. Uh, And it did not improve over this weekend. Tony Gonsolin, again, another bad outing. And we all saw the correction train coming down the tracks. I mean, <laughs> you know, we know that, that we, hey, it all it takes is looking at one line of like Stranraid or BABIP or, hey, just expected ERA versus actual ERA. The velocity is down. All these chickens are coming home to roost. I thought we could get away with it against Kansas City. We could not. Yeah. Um, he's he's a weird guy, Gonsolin. I've, I've never really gotten any stock of him last year, this year. Um just always seemed to be not just something, just so many cracks in it that uh, I just kind of keep just working and it gets the wins. But this year I really stayed away. Um, but the last two games, it just seems like um, just couldn't find his own early in the at-bat. And then he just let up some big time hits. So, um, yeah. yeah, but I think he'll, you know, he just does enough for them to get it into the bullpen. You know, their offense just keeps him in so many games. And I think that's so huge with the Dodgers it doesn't have the depth but still got those guys at the top that <laughs> without yeah. that depth at the bottom they're still going to put up so much so they've they got the lineups the, it's yeah. the pitching though and the bullpen's bad too that's the other thing that's the other revelation that uh people uh, are discovering is that this is a bad bullpen so the Gonsolin's formula is problematic because okay get the game to the bullpen oh wait we don't want to yep. do that Right. It seems like it's a good match to get the White Sox on board and send mm-hmm. a pitcher, send over Liam Hendricks, or maybe even Graveman, maybe, you know, a two-pack there and just bolster the staff and, and the bullpen. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, there's few teams that are selling. We just saw Roldis Chapman get dealt to the Rangers. That's the only real significant trade we've seen so far that I can recall. Uh, but the Dodgers didn't spend much in the offseason. A lot of talk about saving, you know, trying to get under that luxury tax threshold or at least the most punitive one of, of them uh, and save their money for next year when Otani's a free agent. Uh, maybe they don't go crazy at the trade deadline this year. Maybe they're content with 90 wins. You know, before I think people were saying, oh, content with 95, but maybe it's 90 now. I guess that's the range they'll need to get into. They just seem to be so content with, um, and I question it a lot. It's like they're outfield. They just putting mm-hmm. Hayward and Peralta in versus righties. But every time I look at what they do versus righties, especially Hayward, it's been really surprising this year, like eight home runs versus righties and like a 12% bow rate versus them. And he's, he's hitting the ball further and with more um, exit low when he pulls it than in a long time. And it's just wild how they piece that in, and especially with Outman getting off to a great start, but he's been really bad. Like the swing and strikes and the right. chase have been brutal. Um, Vargas has, it's, it's a good profile right now. I think he's going to correct a little bit. Um, I don't think he's that as bad as he's been in the last 30 days, but um, they just do it. Like they, I don't know. I don't know how they work it, but I, I think everyone's going to be going for Otani next year. So they're going to be <laughs> in, in for some bidding war, I think. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, you know, you know, the Yankees will be involved. Angels, I mean, don't count the Angels out. They could, True. they have money. Also, uh, yeah. the Giants are dying to spend money on somebody. They just can't seem to do it. You know, there'll be there's no shortage of suitors. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it, it's going to be remarkable to see what sort of money he commands. Otani hit another one uh, that, you know. I, I'm, I talked about this on Twitter today. Uh, I'm not the first. The actual Angels broadcaster did it first. But reminiscent of Barry Bonds in the World Series against Troy Percival. Hit it into mm. that, like, to that tunnel. It just, it was amazing. It was so, it, you know, it, it, that's one of the things, like, I love about a Sunday afternoon. I'm working on my fab, and I'm watching the grid channel. I'm watching all the games. And you see something that catches your eye, and you just, like, rewind, watch it again, and all that. He's just, I, I just try to tell myself, don't ever take him for granted. And I, I, I've even tweeted that out a couple of times, just like cherish this guy that we have in front of us because it is truly a blessing. And as much coverage as there is, there isn't enough. Agreed. <laughs> <You know>? Agreed. <laughs> it's so, it's so amazing. Um, he's, he's just unbelievable talent. It's so, it's so good to watch him. It's so awesome being on the West yeah. Coast. But I see all, all of his at bats too. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty much there. Absolutely, uh, my night times are filled with Otani and some Tatis and bets. You know, like when it goes to West Coast, I'm mostly just uh, player hopping during the um, sure. Yeah, you know, there he is, Paul Spore, my my nemesis. <laughs> yeah. So you, I take it, you grabbed Otani and right in front of Paul in the main, huh? Um, he was, I think, about four picks after me, if I remember, but I grabbed him um, third overall in in the first round. So. Um, and then I doubled it up with uh, the Grom, who's <laughs> was in the, the the safest of choices. But no. And, so next year, Otani yeah. or Acuna, one point one. Ooh, um, I think it has to be Acuna right now. Um, but it's so close. <laughs> it's so close. I think I think Otani could definitely close the gap with each day he gets there. But I mean, if Acuna ends up, uh, you know. 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases or something like that. That's just incredible. And I think that that the, the amount of stolen bases you need now to compete uh, for either an 80th overall, or just like, you know, top five in your league. You know, there's some guys who have 187 stolen bases already as a team in the main Crazy. event. And it's just really nuts. So I think just that edge would lean to Acuna. Um, and I think that Otani and, and I do believe Tatis uh, should be in that conversation because he's even with the limited time he's playing, he, he's on pace for a 35, 45 season. <laughs> You know, I was just going to so, ask you if there was another, and there yeah, is. He's, he's the other, and then and then of course I'll still throw Strider in there. I think the massive gap he gets in strikeouts is just so big to have for pitchers. Like, you know, he has like fifty more strikeouts than Corbin Burns. Just think about that difference. Yeah. You know, and like especially if you use SGP and you know like the the value of a point, you know, and, and strikeouts. So um, I, I think those four will be pretty locked in and i think we might get um this year we didn't really have in an auction league down in vegas for the nfbc we really didn't have the high priced batter that you know th three years ago there was three guys in the 50 dollars range it was trey turner j ram and acuna and this year they weren't they were like 45 46 bucks maybe max but i think next year acuna um might might even approach 60 if someone's brave enough to do it yeah, he very well might. <laughs> he very well. Might. I'm glad you mentioned Strider too. Nine Ks today, got the win over the Marlins. Was you know he got that one inherited run in the uh, in the seventh. There's only two earned runs though, so uh, another good outing. Yeah, uh, he got his tenth win too to boot. So uh, mm -hmm. Braves keep on rolling, and they do. 
Yeah. I, I, I think Strider and Cole will still be the first two pitchers next year. Yes. I'm not counting Otani because I just count him as a hitter, but especially for NPC purposes. 100%. I would agree. Those two guys are pretty much locked in unless something really dramatic happened. And even with the lowered K's, Cole is still in the upper echelon of them. And mm-hmm. he's just so, um, so reliable to just throw innings. The guy's just a, a exactly. horse out there. And that's huge. Exactly. Uh, one more for next year's uh, questions. Corbin Carroll, what are you doing with him next year? Oh, so it's funny. Um, we did, you know, the NFPC is doing those gladiator drafts during the All-Star break, but they had one when they normally have the second chance league. They ran a couple of the gladiators. So uh-huh. in my in my Patreon and through the Discord, we, you know, I threw it out there if anyone wanted to do a draft. And so we threw one um, in there. And so I had the third pick and they gifted me Acuna with the third pick. I don't know how that happened, but in the on the come around, Corbin Carroll was there, and I couldn't press that button fast enough. I think he's right. going. I think he's going to be top five, ten pick. I think so too. Ah, uh, yeah. I, 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 mean, I mean, if J Rod was this year, Carroll is having a better year than what J Rod was doing last year. Absolutely, and I just think like the um, the swing and strike and the contact ability is such a big difference from J Rod that uh, that'll keep that average a little higher, um, and just oh, what a what a skill set. And it's good to see that because a lot of people were questioning, you know, the power output because of the torn labrum and such. And it could mm-hmm. be an issue now, right now, but um, for what he's done, he's just been magnificent. So I say, yeah, I think he won't go. If, if everything's healthy, he's not going past pick 10 next year. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. So Carroll was out of the starting lineup today, but he did later on pinch hit grounded into fielder's choice. Uh, so, but at least he's, you know, he he's, Able to hit that. That's also now we know they're not putting him on the IL. So uh, probably a start going into this week then. Yeah. And I think what he even said too, is like, if he never had the surgery and that feeling, then he probably would have been like, ah, that's just a little twinge, but he, 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 he's had it and it's like in his head. So he, that was like, it heightened it a little bit for him. So um, it may even just be, you know, like they're just playing it super extra careful. So hopefully he gets back out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a guy that we're hoping gets back out there left today, Jazz Chisholm, uh, left uh, oblique injury. Not great. Yeah, not good at all. Um, uh, you know, he hate to slap the injury, you know, uh, prone label on anybody. He just, I think he just plays with um, such force and, you know, he, he everything he has is fast twitch and, I don't think he can help himself from not, not getting hurt, but just putting his body, you know, in, in, in way of, of getting hurt, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it's a shame too, because every time he gets in there, he just really flashes what he, what he could do. Nine, nine home runs and 14 <laughs> stolen bases, and 180 plate appearances. You know, it's really uh big time numbers there. And um, when the Marlins just keep trucking by somehow with a team that everyone, you know, said wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but uh, Jazz is a big loss. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, these oblique injuries aren't aren't very simple to heal from. So I'm oh. guessing he's going to at least take a couple of weeks off if yeah. it's really bad. I think so, too. I mean, we'll get an indicator tomorrow. I mean, they play on Monday. Uh, they they face the Cardinals, uh, home against the Cardinals, and then uh, the Phillies. So big homestand, actually, for uh, the, the Marlins. No rest this week. Seven, seven full games. 
there, mm-hmm. you know, and then you know we'll be back at it there. Uh, so that that's going to be one of those key decisions. But I, I would guess I would bet against him playing. Uh, I'm with you on that, which is a shame because they're missing a start from uh, Wainwright, uh, which sadly enough is is a can't miss. Uh, moment there you really want those starts against Wainwright at this point in time uh, plus the, it's just the Marlins I mean they're they're right in the thick of the wild card race they need him absolutely yeah that's it's going to be a big miss but they have you know um they, they, they get random spurts from guys that just pick up the slack like Garrett Cooper goes hot for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. um I think the big thing is Gene Agora and they you know whether or not he can get to some semblance of his former self or is he just going to be not good enough that he'll get platooned a lot i think he was pretty um he was added a bunch this week you know they got a full week for that reason as well and you know he just came back and he's healthy so yeah um but you know it was pretty cheap all across the board max um 18 bucks for segura this weekend in the main event so i guess that that yeah, I think that's more a testament to how I think um, you know we feel about his skill set right now, and you know him possibly not playing every day because they got Birdie and and Wendell, and they all move around in the infield. Is it just me, or uh, is are, are we have we spent more on Fab this year than in previous <laughs> years by this point? Yeah, we have for sure. You know, um, then we get a a lot of coverage now and in, in Fab. I know uh, Dom, the bullpen guru, um, you know, puts a one out on my on the website, pullhitter.com every week. And, you know, we discussed it every single week and it's like a big part of, um, of, of what I do for my fab article, my fab pod too. I'm really trying to get the ranges that, you know, I think this is a bit, a, a good way to look at what's available to us and just learn the trends, you know? Um, right. It doesn't mean it's going to make you a phenomenal player, but it just means that you're really trying a little harder i guess to just learn even just your league you know just take a quick glance at your league and make see how much two-star pitches normally go for see how much um lefties with four righties monday to thursday usually go for i think those things are really huge to like and that's what's gotten me to be so much better as a player because my first main event i got whooped you know i played in the league with rob silver and phil dusso and and gecko you know mark mark drebo and i was like i was just fascinated by these 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 ads that I really didn't understand at first. And then I was like, Oh, okay, this is, this is, this is what's going on. So I think if you pay attention to that, it helped. But the, yeah, the fab is wild. Uh, it's, but I think, I, I think a lot of it is justified, you know? Oh, I agree. I agree. That's I mean, the you thing. You should is... max out on LA daily cruise. You should, <laughs> yes. be, you know, Matt McLean has been worth every penny oh, until this phenomenal. weekend. Yuri Perez has been worth every penny. I mean, there are some that are going to flop. Uh, we haven't had too many closer hits so far. If you snuck right. in an Elzele, great. If you got Will Smith at the beginning of the season, even better. Uh, right. But uh, it's like Paul said, um, it's the the nonstop every week. It's the pitching prospect stud of the year of the month of the week. You know, yeah. and that there's there's always a good good bit good guy to bid on. And you know, with the attention in our community paying uh, paid towards analyzing Fab. It's also going to like it raises the bids because yes. everybody's listening. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's more informed. Absolutely. And everyone has access to so much stuff now. That's the thing. It's like we know Emmett Sheehan's spin rate and, you know, yeah. in the mind. Well, not, you know, um, we just know everything, the ins and outs. And we're making, um, you know, there's stuff plus metrics. And we're just making these assumptions because of all these things that we're looking at. And, uh, 
And that's why I think the like when you can get a glimpse at least one start at someone, you know, and at least just watch the game. Like that's my thing too. I I just really try to watch those pitchers pitch. Like the first time I watched Bryce Miller, I know it was against Oakland, but I was like, wow, like this you saw the looks on the batters' faces, like what did that fastball just do? Yeah, <laughs> you know, just wait and, till he gets another pitch. He's gonna be dead. I know, I know. The like last the other night that he um came out with the blister, um, before they visited him out in the blister he had a 75 percent whiff rate on all pitches and it was, <laughs> it was just not the they couldn't touch him and then that yeah. blister came and uh but even abbott you know there was a lot of question about his oh, swing and miss ability oh, um it, it kind of tempered my bids a little bit i was semi-aggressive i think i was in the 88 dollar range i think he went for like 108 in my league mm-hmm. um but i i mean look at this now it's like and it's it just goes to show you like sometimes it comes quick and sometimes it takes a while to develop, but Abbott, you know, it, it didn't look like it was going to happen. That's why a lot of people, you know, sharp analysts are just like, Oh, the, the O swing is not there. He he's getting hit in the zone. He's got the BABIP. And it was like, yeah, if you follow those rules, like those fantasy baseball staples, it didn't make sense. But if you watched it, that was my thing. I was watching him pitch and same thing. Like he made Goldschmidt look foolish twice in a game. And, and I was like, that's not easy to do, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And he's he just like a pitcher. He's just a, a baller up there. I love watching him pitch. He's a little yeah. bulldog out there, Abbott. Part of, so an- Abbott's part of my Jeff is wrong tour uh, for 2023 <laughs> because I went Smith Shaver over Abbott in Ooh. part because Abbott had the two starts in that first week. So you weren't right. going to, you know, Smith Shaver was going to pitch again on like on a Monday where Abbott pitched on Sunday for his second start. Yeah. And I also partially thought too, okay, fine. He beat the Brewers who strike out more than anybody else, you know, against lefties on the road. Like, okay, that's great. And then the Cardinals are just kind of down. But I was like, okay, he's got the Astros coming up. That's not great. Ah, he was fine. He was great. Uh, in fact, the only team that's really caused him any trouble at all are the Rockies, but not in Coors Field where he, they hit the three solo bombs. But um, even then, I'm just like, ah, I, 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 it's just one of the many things I, I you know, critical decisions. Like, he's got eight, one and one A, but they're really mm-hmm. one and. 37 you know right. it's like yep. huge difference if you went one way or another do you temper your bids when it's a team you for like with the reds do, do you find yourself like not trying to be too invested or like too this is this is this is great this is gonna work i don't know if you have that feeling at all i have at times without a yeah. doubt um yeah. and probably you know at the start of this year when i was supremely negative yes i absolutely did Cause like my, my, my mentality was like, well, if he's good, at least he'll be, I get to root for him, you know, but I don't trust, like, I don't have any Alexis Diaz this year. I didn't trust, even though I'm the one that posted on Rotowire the update with the, uh, it's not like I did the, I did the original reporting. Those were all the reporters, but David Bell came out and said, Diaz is going to, uh, I'm, I hate using this term, but he's going to close games for us this year. I might still use him in the eighth in a key situation, but he never says that. And yeah. I, I even made a point of saying that. And yet, did I follow my list? No, I was like, never David Bell. Nip, n- you know, right? You know, that's it, the thing. Yeah, we fall into the of the coach speak bias. You know, like mm-hmm. if they told us one thing once, we're like, I can't believe him again. Kapler or, too. Know, yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I have yeah. no Duvall this year either. Kapler's um, <laughs> so. an interesting one too because he's had seasons with the full closes. Like he had Neris mm-hmm. the one year in Philly, Duvall now. So he 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 he's done that. But it's also like you said, it's just. 
hard to really buy in with these guys when they've showed us even a glimpse of like being dishonest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and Kapler was mega dishonest uh, yeah. last year with the whole McGee thing. Now McGee kind of pitched his <laughs> way out of it too. So that's shame yeah. on me for like not just looking at the skills and not just, you know, all that. So there, there's plenty of blame to go around there. <laughs> uh, I want to mention two other uh, injuries uh, real quick. Garrett Whitlock and yep. uh, Michael Kopech both uh, got hurt. Well, Whitlock got hurt today. Kopech went on the IL today. Uh, let's start with uh, Whitlock. It's been a disappointment anyhow. Um, had some Ks today, but man, he can't seem to stay healthy, and he hasn't really hit his stride at any point this season. Yeah, he, he, he goes through ups and downs very, very easily. And I think every time I've, um, early in the season, when um, I was assessing him for like a fab and even in an OC, you know, I was looking at him. It's like, okay, not, it's not really there. And then I'll go back and look after two starts and it's like, oh, he's getting a lot better. Um, but there was a, most of the start, I was just wondering when they were just going to put him back in that Swiss Army role because he seemed to, Mm-hmm. just do so well in it um and i just been waiting for him to uh go back into that role but he's had some really good games but i think most of the games are you know uh, over half of his games he's he's given up more than four runs so yeah. um so i think i think there's several suitors that are possible i think nick pavetta um can step right in there again he threw four innings today with six strikeouts he's been really good in the bullpen yeah um but i think he can get a shot again and i i saw somewhere too they that was mentioning james paxton might be going um on the paternity leave this week so oh. they may need a starter there too so we may get like a brandon walter who made a a a, a brief start um last week or two weeks ago i believe a lefty so um yeah, they're gonna have to uh, do some stuff here. <laughs> but yeah. Whitlock, you know, I think I think for Whitlock and Hauk, I was expecting them both when they were at full force with Sale Paxton. I was expecting them to be bridges to the bullpen, um, or just maybe even guys who get three innings saved. I just thought Whitlock did that so well. Yeah, you know, when they had him three innings saved, one inning saves, or four inning like bulk follower, he just did whatever. Um, and I think he's he really thrived in that. Like he was like, even in that role, he was, I think more startable than he kind of is now because you could just put him in there. You got to win a save strikeouts. Um, so I think that's the ultimate destination for him. Yeah. And I don't, I think if Chris sales, not on the IL right now, they probably have already gone there. Um, and, right. and if uh, Corey Kluber would have worked out at all too. I mean, that's two, two pieces of the puzzle missing. So they kind of got forced into put, you know, following through with that there. But I think, yeah, that's right. Red Sox had a good weekend though. Swept the blue Jays in Toronto. Yeah, you know, they they really made some shrewd moves this year that I think kind of, you know, go go unnoticed and not talked about enough. The yeah. Yoshida signing was like really it looks really good right now. I think we were sure questioning does. that. The James Paxton, you know, erases any bad thing they've got with Kluber because that was just um, you know, he just came back to, to be the old James Paxton. And um yeah, uh, I like the way they're set up. I, I, I think like in some ways um, they could make a nice push for the playoffs here as long as they really get that starting pitch informed up. And I, I think with Bayo, you're getting a guy who's becoming like a uh, like an automatic start. He's been great too. And, and Carter Crawford, as he's gotten stretched out, has been um, better. He's getting a lot of swing and miss, and he's another formidable starter there. So they need to shore that up, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Michael Kopech uh, went on the IL mm. today. 
That's a shame. You know, he was, yeah. he was pitching well. Misses out on an Oakland start. Uh, inflamed shoulder. That's never great. Uh, Tuki Toussaint got the start. Couldn't get through five. Uh, you know, Kopech had that hideous outing early in the season and, and had a couple other ba- you know friends to go along with it there. Uh, but 408, 136, uh, 97 Ks at least in his 86 innings. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is not good. Definitely not good. Um, but I'm not, you know, I got him in two spots and I'm, I'm holding until, um, you know, we got some more news from him last, last month. Wasn't, wasn't the best for him, but, um, the last two or three starts, but I got him when, when several people dropped him when he just was giving up a whole bunch of runs. Um, but I think it was one start where, um, my uh, friend and my my co-manager Ryan Anancio, um, he texted me like, "Oh, uh, Kopech um, is getting hit, but he just threw ninety seven in the seventh or whatever it was." But it's just like he, he hit this, he hit uh, like um, really high velo. He hasn't hit it, like deep in the games, and it carried into the next game too. So I kind of took a speculative shot on him. Um, mm-hmm. I I remember winning. I remember when I made too like twenty two to twenty. It was really close. Um, and I was like, oh, we'll see how this goes. And it was great. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely just going to hold him for now. And, um, I, I think that whatever was bothering him seemed like may have been partly to blame for, you know, his June struggles, but, uh, yeah, those short starts, those four inning starts. Yep. uh, So frustrating. Yeah. They're Uh, super. Absolutely. Exactly. All right, so uh, yeah, we hit up on a couple of the injuries here. We're going to take a look at the week of the head, and we're going to look at Fab. But first, got to take a couple of uh, take a tick to do a couple of promotional notes. First, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, happy to be there. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. And then we also have a new sponsor. Thank you for your indulgence there. Uh, we have a new sponsor this week. Uh, we're ready for Home Run Index to join us here. So we know the weather can impact how, bar- how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most favorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.6 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be for in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game and as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com right now to sign up. Thank you to homerunforecast.com. I'm here with Rob DiPietro. He is, of course, at Deadpool Hitter on uh, Twitter and he has his, uh, you know, he has his Patreon site. Has three different levels. Uh, really good stuff here, guys. You should check it out. Uh, you just, you know, you can find the link in his Twitter bio. Uh, you can go to Patreon and, find, and search Deadpool Hitter. Really good stuff there. Uh, Rob, uh, tell everybody quickly, uh, you know, the, diff- the three different levels and what they can find. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually, if you go to Patreon and search, it'll just be Pole Hitter. Um, okay, Pole de- Hitter. All right. Yep. Dead pole hitter is just really um, the Twitter thing because pole hitter was taken and uh, he didn't want to give it up. So um, (laughs) dead pole hitter on Twitter it is. But yeah, so go to Patreon, search in pole hitter. You can get the link in my Twitter bio as well. Um, So got three levels. Uh, $5 level gets you in. It gets you. um, I do a daily recap of the box scores, usually about five days a week. And the days that um, I kind of take off, I, I just combine the previous days into another one. Um, and I just write the notes, you know, um, on, on the Patreon as well. So right. it's like a full article that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, you'll get the launch angle podcast with Jeff Zimmerman and Rob Silver. We do one a week and every other week it's a public one. And every other week is the one that goes onto the Patreon. So you'll get access to that as well. I do two lineup pods per week for the Monday to Thursday and Friday to Sunday scoring period. So I go through every matchup, um, look for the handedness, you know, recent stats versus left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher, try to find a trend so you can set the best lineup you can. Um, and then for the $10 tier, you can get that. Plus uh, I do a pod with, uh, Matthew Modica at DTM baseball. We do that once a week is, uh, and we pretty much go through every single team's 
starting pitching right depth the organizational depth who they got coming up who might make a start in two or three weeks we try to cover every single thing it's very lengthy but it's it makes me a a bet a great player because Matt is so prepared. Right. And then the and then the fifteen dollar tier gets um everything plus my fab pod and fab article. And um yeah, I just you know I, I try to highlight the Monday to Thursday streams, Friday to Sunday streams, rest of season players. I really try to break it down and try to go like in depth rather than just looking at um you know numbers and the matchups. Um uh, but I, I do like a, a matchup dive to I try to do a month look uh at at team schedule to see who has the most games, who has the least amount of games, who has a bunch of games in Cincinnati. I try to look at every right, angle right, and, right. and let everyone know about it. So yeah. um, that's it. Good stuff. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I use it. Uh, it's great stuff. I wish I would have started using it sooner. It, it's really good. <laughs> um, but uh, let, let's talk about this upcoming week. It's a tricky week. Got the all-star mm-hmm. break coming up. Always tricky right in, before and after the all-star break. The uh, Dodgers and Angels uh, ha- have a weird schedule where uh, they do not, you know, the Angels only have five games because they have a three-game series at San Diego. They're off Thursday. They have the completion of the highway series against the uh, the, the Dodgers or freeway series uh, where two games in Dodger Stadium, Friday and Saturday, no Sunday game. So both the Dodgers and Angels are off on Sunday before the All-Star break. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. It's a very funky schedule. Um, the Angel schedule has me contemplating as hot as Otani's been batting. It's contemplating me um, starting him at pitching this week in my leagues because the Padres have gone through several games recently with a bunch of swing and miss and a bunch of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Otani can do work for them. And that I don't know. It. it hard to gauge the value of the player that I might um, if I get a Monday, if I find a guy to play every single day and stream him into utility and the, the, the pitcher that I'm going to start over Otani, it might, it might tilt the edge to like a pitching value. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got two different teams to make that decision with. I, I, I made my fab flexible so I can go either way. Cause sometimes um, on Monday I have, I don't know, different gut or different process than, than, than on a Sunday. So um, right. I try to leave myself open, especially with Otani teams and fab. I, I try to have um, as much flexibility as I can to make a move for him and just have guys that can cover multiple spots. So then I could put anyone in utility and not just be forced to have a guy who's going to play, you know, versus two lefties or something like that. How many games have you used? How many weeks have you used Otani at pitcher? Um, I think just two in total. Yeah. Was yeah. one of them that two-step week where they had the Patriots Day game in, in Boston? Correct. One was that, and I think that's the way to go. I think it's when it's a two-step, you should do it. Um, except it's like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's got four games in, in, in Colorado, or something, which it did have that one weekend, which I thought it was a no-brainer, too, to just keep them in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I thought, you know, I was going to be using him more at pitcher, um, it's just that I allowed myself. I, I, I think that's the beauty of him. It just it gives you the flexibility. It doesn't force you to make moves. I think that's the thing that people get too hung up on. Like you're just right. forced forced to make this decision that's going to be life breaking. And it's like a lot of people focus on, on what you lose when you don't start them at one or the other. But I just try to focus on what my team gets out of it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, sometimes and maybe you what know, you need. You know, exactly. If, exactly. If you're last year, pays well, then fine, go this route. 
last year I had him in a main and it was huge because I needed a whole bunch of pitching, you know, I need to lower my ratios. And mm-hmm. um, I, I ended up using him in this, in the second half, a lot more as a pitcher, maybe even like 80% of the time a pitcher. And it helped me, it helped me get the points I needed to, you know, bring me to like a cash. So um, that's, that's the beauty of having him being able to do both. Now he's just on this tear that you probably, you know, wouldn't think in your right mind to bench him at, at batting, but like the one team I had to be able to stream into my lineup was like a, I think a full game, uh, a full week of, um, uh, I, f- I think maybe Drew Waters or something like that, and just a pitcher I needed to replace him with. It just kind of makes sense for me to maybe go that route, but for sure, see what happens. So, uh, one other team with five games this week, mm-hmm. the Rockies, who are on the road too to boot. So, kind of, it, it's a good week to just. Yeah, yeah. Sit your Rockies, your marginal Rockies, which are almost every Rocky. <laughs> they have um, also, they after the also break, they're at home for three. But then that following week, they all have another five-game schedule. Um, and it's only a two-game home set um, versus Colorado on a Monday to Thursday, uh, versus Houston. And then they're at Miami for three. So they got they got a five, three, five, six um schedule in the next four weeks. They actually have the lowest amount of games, 19. They're the only team under 20. Um, 20 games played in the next four, four weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. It's That's pretty amazing. crazy. Yeah. So that kind of made me uh, think a little extra hard about some guys I had on my team, like Brenton Doyle. I kind of like him the rest of the season. I think he's going to be the guy who doesn't lose time in the outfield right. because of Brian coming back. I think I, it might be a profile Grichuk split. I dumped Grichuk in a bunch, in a bunch of leagues. Um, I know he, he said those, the bats that were made for him wasn't working and he was kind of getting into his head. So he ditched him and he's been hitting better with the old new, the the new old bat. (laughs) But um, I just thought like it's in line for him to lose PT, but uh, I kept Doyle because I just, I think the power speed is, is something I'm going to need down the road. So I held on. So did we, we, in one league where we have, and we held on to him too. Um, Good move. For that, for that reason. One other schedule note. Um, the Mariners and the Orioles have played 82 games. The Rays have played 87. So you get a little little tiny edge by, like, if you could trade a Ray for an Oriole for some, you know, or, or for a Mariner. I mean, grant, all thing, other things being equal, which, of course, there never are. But, you know, just it's just a little. We start getting into that minutia a little bit, knowing how many more games you have left can, can matter down the stretch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started looking at the back end of the season schedule as I was preparing to do some of these um, sec- the second half drafts and especially the underdog one that has the playoffs, you know, yeah. and, and, and so I was kind of scouting out who was home in the last couple of weeks, who's, who's playing in Colorado, who's in Cincinnati and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. And like you said, that once it starts getting into our brain, it's something we continuously think about, you know, exactly. All right, looking at week 15, who do you like uh, hitter-wise? Who, who has good schedules this week? Uh, so um, I thought the Yankees had a nice schedule. They got all at home. Um, you know, they're facing six right-handed bats, uh, right-handed pitchers. So I was looking, you know, for like Jake Bowers this weekend um, for a stream. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then... Actually, Billy McKinney, I thought was another good good spot. I actually had to drop him in a league because I, I just had like eight outfielders, and I was like, "Well, I don't need him." <laughs> and so he was a casualty. Um, I do like. Uh, let's see. I think Milwaukee's got a full schedule, but and and all at home, which is a good park. Um, facing you know some 
half good pitchers, half meh, but their their offense just struggles to get going. Um, I don't know when Rowdy Alez is going to hit the ball again, uh, or when he's going to swing either. You see, he's got a, like a fifty one percent zone swing, and it's just uh, it's like league average is sixty eight or something. It's like when you're going to uh, you know when you're going to when you're going to swing. We need you to swing the bat. Exactly. Um, yeah, Texas, of course, is just you know loaded. They're going to Boston, Washington, so I think they're going to put up their accustomed runs, you know, uh, and maybe even some more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going to Milwaukee real, real quick here. They do get uh, Luke Weaver on Saturday. So <laughs> I can, I think that's a Rowdy Tellez uh, Homer prop day there, right there. If he's still, I hope still so. Lineup at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to touch on them because they're going six man rotation right now with Julio Tehran uh, with the two eighty five ERA. He doesn't miss any bats at all, but he also doesn't give up hard contact. Uh, at what point does he turn back into a pumpkin? I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess I don't know how much of a pumpkin it'll be because he seemed to have made, you know, some, some, some real changes, um, whether or not those changes will, you know, be uh, able to be sustained like for the rest of the season. But right now he, I think he's just in a good groove of going, giving you innings that aren't disasters. And uh, I think that's huge. You know, he did, he, they did some stuff with his arm slot and um, mm-hmm. they changed up the usage of his pitches. And I think that's that's what, um you know, smart teams can really identify uh, players that can make that China change and be effective. And right now he seemed to be I, I missed the boat on him. I totally dismissed him. And then it was actually like a week, like two weeks too late where I was like, you know what? I think I'll take a shot on this guy. <laughs> I went to yeah. go. I went to go look at his, uh, you know, his. uh his availability and he wasn't i said oh all right well just when i was ready he was gone so yeah he uh, did give up uh homers to the mets in his last outing so uh, i think four of them even maybe so maybe he's took, already starting yeah. that turning there who knows but yeah they they were taking uh, all his home runs and deep shots were were like lefties taking it left center which was really interesting because like the way the ball was spinning out of the zone they just mm-hmm. drove it and it just spun like into the into that corner it's it, it was pretty wild every time it was hit off the bat i said oh that that's going to be another one and that's not like n- normally a power spot for lefties in city field so right he was doing something that they picked up on um and maybe other teams will identify that and and try to attack it maybe that's the way you do it it's stack lefties and attack that pitch yeah mets are showing a little signs of life right now mm-hmm. yeah. two wins this weekend uh two and oh in july <laughs> two and oh uh, in july we got to look at it like that it's, after it's the worst start. month ever uh, oh the, man was long... that the worst month for the mets ever june um it, it had to be pretty high on the list of bad months ever pretty high recently yeah yeah i do a good job jeff of not getting myself too high or too Sorry. low with the mets because i think i think you have to to live a sane life and not to be angry at your wife and your dogs it's just <laughs> to like keep it you know keep it at a level where even even in the best times you know it's just stay level um it's been a brutal month it it, it definitely has been it's definitely put a damper on some of the possible uh, thoughts I had of this team this year. And I think after Diaz got hurt, it kind of started that bad feeling in my stomach kind of moments. And um, even though the Grom is hurt, I still would have loved if they attempted to bring him back at some cost. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's a different feeling without him here. As good as Verlander has, has done. um, He, 
I don't know if he's part of the team yet, you know? So I could, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, how do you fix them? Uh, is there a fix that you can do before the trade deadline? If you're given like mm. the powers of Steve Cohen and you can pull off a trade of some sort, what would you be doing? I think I might try to first, I mean, if they are really going to go like, and, and say, we're not going to try to win the season, which I really don't think they're going to, mm-hmm. um, I would start with the bullpen and just try to get anything for Robertson and out of, you know, um, and try to upgrade there. But I think if they want to make a run, um, maybe the best route is to attack that um, Chicago White Sox pitching. If they're willing to part with anybody, any one of their prospects, maybe not Alvarez or Beatty or Mauricio, but if they could give up some other stuff and get another, I think they need another good anchor pitcher. I think McGill was, is, was uh, not a good route to go. I think Carrasco's showing signs of life, swing and miss wise, yeah. but 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 we need an upgrade there. And um, Peterson isn't going to be the answer. I think he had a. I don't think he's. I don't think he's right at all. And um, Quintana, I I hope can bring something. I had high hopes for Quintana coming into the season, so I think I need to show up the pitching, and they really just need like some thump in the lineup. Um, yeah. It's just lacking something in the middle. As good as Vogelbach has been recently, I still think there needs to be an upgrade there. I think they're just hindered, hindering themselves by, um, you know, by going that route all the time. But I think Mauricio will be up soon. And I think that he can hopefully, again, it's, it, it's a lot to put on the youngsters because they were already aggressive with Alvarez and Beatty. And I didn't think they were going to be as aggressive with them. But um, yeah. But not so with Vientos. Like they called him up, but then uh, Buck never played him. I that one that was one that was the one that bothered me. And that was also the one I asked you before a question about tempering your bids for him. I did with with Vientos because I knew the Mets, yeah, you know, you know, way they were gonna approach him. But when he wasn't playing all the time at first, I said, Okay, this is what they did with Beatty, this is what they did with Alvarez, but eventually they got it, and then he just didn't get it. And I was like, Oh, this is just not good. That that's the kind of bat I think they need in the middle of the lineup, just he needs full time. And he, they tried to put him at first after Alonzo. And that was another thing. Like this poor kid had to take the brunt of taking over Pete Alonzo while they were in the middle of a losing streak. And yeah. that was just, just, just not good things. Like those are not good. That's a not, not a good process. <laughs> you no, know? it isn't. And even then he wasn't playing every day. It was right. like, you know, it's just, what are we doing here? Uh, I don't I know. know. It just, it was frustrating to see that there. I know, uh, you know, Mets fans get triggered hearing Dan Vogelbach's name even, but uh, so, and, and that, that's part of it there. They tried to do a platoon situation. It just didn't work out very well. At All right. Tommy Pham has worked out for us. He's been, yes, a, he has. A, yes, he has a while, you know, he's clapping back at people on Twitter too. So he's got uh, that going for him. Um, unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I, I was watching the Mets and, and keeping track of like playing time. Um, I was like, man, you know, when this guy gets in there, he, he's really stinging the ball this year. He, he was showing good exit velocities on fly balls. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the, the Mets um, brought in, if not, if not the guy who were pushing the fly ball, pulled fly ball for the Cardinal swing coach. I think it was someone in his circle. Mm-hmm. So the Mets have been, you know, that's have that's something that's been trying to be implemented. And fam has, uh, bought in and he's uh just it's really helped him and yeah i think anyone who kind of caught that he was going to be the guy to take over the amount of pt when pete went down um we all kind of jumped on it and i'm glad he's keeping it right now because i thought it was going to disappear but i'm glad they've known that we need him in the lineup and he's playing yeah 
Now he's beyond a platoon guy. Now he's an yes. actual, yeah, he's a real player. Uh, a real player. <laughs> exactly. Let's look at uh, Fab this week. Uh, yeah. You know, like you said, a lot of tempered bids this week. Wasn't crazy, but uh, there's still some uh, guys to be had. First of all, were you in on the Jordan Westberg sweepstakes? Um, I was at about forty-eight bucks. I lost uh, no six, forty-two. I lost sixty-seven to forty-two to uh, Mister John Posma, Mister uh, Mister in first place in every league. Posma, including and, mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm in his. I should say. Yeah. I got stuck with him in three drafts this year, Jeff. Three, two mains and and one auction draft. And um, but yeah, so he he got me on that one. Um, and then I think in, in an OC, I was in for like maybe 12 bucks, but I was nowhere close to what, what it was in my league. Um, but he was available, but I, I have, I have some good middle infield situations, but out across my teams. Um, so where I had some money and I had a need with the one league where, um, I tried to, I tried to go into like the Luis Matos, um, area in my fab article i put that that westberg was going to go for pretty much the same median bid um winning bid that matos did and it was it was 52 for westberg 50 median winning bid for matos and um but you know westberg was a popular player during draft champion season too i have a ton of him i have him on four dcs and i just know that he was a player that was targeted and i know how the nfbc crowd works you know it's a lot of those same players in the main event so i thought it was going to be a I think it would have been a little higher if we all had some money left. Um, but I think the prices he went for was was pretty good. He went for a max of 177, um, which is definitely a ton there. But just to have that much money left, I don't know how much that team went down to, but that's pretty um that's pretty big investment at this point. Yeah, it is. It really is. I saw 52 and one of mine uh was the the, the winning bid. Another one was like 59, and then and one, it was well over, it was closer to the high. I, it was the 177, actually. So there you go. Um, it, that yep. was my league. I did wow. not even have 70, which was the, I, you know, the second place bid. I didn't even have that left, I don't think. Um, but uh, so it goes. It go, uh, other uh, hitters, uh, you know, it, it was it was tough. I think there's a lot of like useful mix and match names. There weren't too many big names this week. Who did you find yourself targeting? Um, so I had... I had um let's see i pulled it up i was targeting so like for guys in the outfield i was looking like um jason hayward's way to be honest with you for that monday to thursday he's got four games yeah versus righty um versus what i think are good matchups with the pirates and oviedo Beto, and luis ortiz um i snatched uh will benson back up um oh, you found him available somewhere nice yeah he was available in my auction league i actually had him um, I, I thought he was going to lose more playing time. I thought he was even going to lose some playing time versus the, the righties. You know, I didn't think he was going to stay playing as much as he has. And then he, he started versus uh, a lefty today, which kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. And, and that was sitting Senzel for him. You know, that's what I thought what they were going to do was go Senzel versus a lefty, but they didn't. So I got back in on him. Um, I, I had a bunch of, uh, I did a little stash with Zach Nito. Um, I got him for nine bucks in a main. Mm. Um, yeah, I I I like the skill set. I think I, I think a lot of people are upset because uh, they paid a lot of money for him and they expected more. But I mean, he does have six home runs and five stolen bases, one hundred nine one hundred ninety nine plate appearances with good bat to ball skills. You know, 
good hard contact. So um, I think he should be back after after the All Star break. Um, and he, so he like, has no like minor league experience either. So to be able to fact that he's holding his own with so little minor league experience at such a young age, I think I mean, he's right. Like, he was in the draft last year for crying out loud. <laughs> I know. So I think uh, I think that's pretty fascinating. Um, you know, I, I I had some bids in for uh, just some like you know bench depth. I had a like uh, JP Crawford was probably behind. Zach Neto um, playing every day, he's leading off. He's actually got more home runs than he had last season. He did some work at driveline, and maybe it's kind of like, you know, picking up for him a little bit. Uh, but, um, and I did a little, uh, I did a little Edward Cabrera stash. Um, so that's, that's uh, caught me by surprise, but he had a really good month the last month he was healthy. Yeah. So I'm willing to see if uh, he's going to be back within a month or so so I can get him in the lineup. Well, yeah, and if they're going to rest Perez at all, well, that that's the natural pivot. So, yep, um, I could see that more so than Rogers. I think I'd rather have Cabrera than Rogers. I I think so too. I, I it's the tearing the lat that's on the opposite, uh, you know, handedness of what you throw. I don't I don't know how that happened. Maybe he slept on it or something. But right. Um, <laughs> but I, had, I I also had some I also had some bids on Jorge Polanco. As a stash to him and Neto were pretty much right neck to neck for me in a couple of leagues. And, um, you know, I think it's that I, I think it was a good time. Like I, I had some I think with a lot of teams having seven games this week, I had a lot of matchups that really couldn't be improved too much. So I kind of went for the long game and tried to stash some players. I was even look at, you know, post post all star break. There's. The uh, the Phillies and the Padres actually have a doubleheader. That's right, coming back, so they have a four game set, and so I was trying to look at that too, if I could speculate on any like bullpen arms maybe that might pitch a couple games. But it's like you know what, I don't know if that's really. It's probably a good process if you need some good clean innings, but uh, my teams wouldn't allow it. So I said just. Let's try to like um because you know everyone always talks about how they assess their teams at the all star break, right? So I just sat here, it's like, well, maybe I should just do the thing that other teams might do now, like speculate on a closer, speculate sure. on uh, on an injured guy. So I tried to go that route. So it was kind of a little different for me. Um, because it's mostly just like trying to pound volume and and even though I still tried to find avenues for that, it it, it was really um, you know, trying to more look at the long game. Adam uh, weighs in says stashes seem to be the thing this week. Saw Trevor Story, Chris Sale, O'Neill Cruz across his o- online championships this week. Nice, yeah. If yeah, if Story was available in OC, I, I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's great. I I would have snatched him up in an OC a long time ago <laughs> if he was free. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and Chris Sale, yeah, I think the news on him earlier in the week was, I guess, kind of positive. You know, like it was clean, clean imaging. He said he feels good. Yeah. Um, and those are good things. It's it's whether or not you know he's he's able to sustain it when he gets back is going to be key so he went for um he got scooped up this week sale and um i think it's a 20 no 19 leagues for as high as 24 bucks yeah so um that is a good shot right there for sure absolutely uh had a couple questions in the chat about oscar colas is he Hmm. a good stash um i maybe you know um the skills in 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 AAA have been good. Um, he's barreling up the ball pretty well. I think it was about eleven um, percent. Um, I mean, yeah, twelve percent barrel rate, twenty to eight K to walk in AAA, uh, eight seventy five OPS. 
his problem was chasing in the zone, right? The, the, the contact was good in the majors. It, you know, it wasn't anything special, but it wasn't bad. And um, it was just it was just chasing, and he just hit a lot of ground balls up in the majors. But I, what, I guess I was looking to stash him possibly, and then I just was trying to figure out what the White Sox situation is. You know, it was like they have Benintendi, they have Robert, and they do their platoon with, you know, um, Sheet in right field. Um, right. so just trying to figure out like where, where are they going to make room for him to play every single day? You know, and I don't think they're going to bring him up because they want him to get some plate appearances in, you know? Um, so I think, I think it depends what kind of depth of the league it is, but it's tough, you know, because I think you really have to have maybe a minor slot would make, like really make it work. But in the NFBC, I was considering it and it, it may be a good move. Maybe they move Benintendi, you know, and um, or maybe they just say, "All right, Gavin Sheets, like we're you know we're we're moving on from your you know consistent mediocre performances." <laughs> yeah, uh, Anthony Edgevaldi uh, takes away my uh, pun title here. He's going for the pun crown of the week. Uh, maybe mm. the White Sox need a coloscopy. Uh, wow, right. pretty good one, Anthony. Yeah. All right, Kansas City Moose, there. Way to go, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, I got well, you gotta move to pitching after that. There's nowhere else to go after seeing that. So <laughs> uh let's talk Atlanta Braves. Colby Allard. Uh yeah. you know, he was one of the guys that I was targeting in a couple places. And hey, I just want Braves pitchers. I know they might get right and freed back at some point, but Allard's in there right now. Struck out eight guys in his first start back. Looked pretty good. He did look pretty good. Um, stark difference from the Texas version of him. Um Dropped his fastball down to 32% after being at, you know, 53-ish. Um, jumped the curveball up and jumped the cutter up and got got good results from it. Got a lot of swing and miss on the curve. Um, very, very loopy looking and kind of uh, had a little Blake Snell going up um, on, you know, was hitting the top of the zone nice, dropping down the curve. So, and I think it's a good shot to take. You know, I think you mentioned the prices you got him for was seven bucks, 13 bucks. I think that's the sweet spot for me. You know, um, I think I had him um, maybe in like this, you know, three to seven dollar range in a couple of spots in, in the waterfall. I had Ryan Nelson ahead of him because um, I was just a little more secure yeah. with, I think, his rest of season outlook uh, as a mainstay in the rotation. Um, but I think Alec could be really something. I mean, he's the former number one pick, right? And he's just got all that uh, all that experience being the hype guy. So he might be able to put it together. Talk to me about Ryan Nelson because you you, you were on him and uh, you put together a lot of good stuff in your uh, Patreon about him. Yeah, so it just, um, you know, he really kind of changed his pitch mix. And I think those are the biggest things that we can, you know, um, take fourth, you know, <clears throat> he increased his change up usage in his last three starts. Um, and those three starts at 19 innings pitch, 18 K's, 2.3 ERA, 24 to four K to walk. Um, the swing and strike uh, on, on the season with his pitches and his, uh, prior three starts for the four seam was nine and a half percent. And then after that, it's been 11.3 to change up went from 13.2% to 18.3 swing and strike. And the slider went from 12 and a half to 27, eight. So it seems like the usage also is making all the other pitches play up. Uh, the zone contact has gone down. The swing strike rate has gone up. Um, o swing has gone up. So I kind of like it, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, when we, when we can make 
any quick movement on a, on a pitch mix change, you know, I think it's, I think it's huge. And I think you just got to try to lean into your gut and, and um, um, you know, you can't wait too long in the NFBC, right? Because right. if you wait too long, he's going to be gone. So I thought this was, I thought he was going to go for a little higher. I was glad to get him for eight bucks, Ryan Nelson. Um, so I just think that, you know, again, it's a, it doesn't mean all the stuff is going to stay and he's going to do this every single game, but it, it's good to see him lean on something new and try it and be effective with it. So we got to go sure. with that. Yeah. Did you get any uh, Matt Manning in your life? No, but he was he was in my list. He was in my um, waterfall. Um, I think he had a better week than you could have anticipated. You know, two tough yeah. games versus Texas and one in Colorado, and he was just you know average. But I think average works right now with the potential to get better. You know, yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with the Tigers. This because Reese Olsen's been really good and like. If they're at full staff, is he the guy that's going to get squeezed out? Because he's been, you know, like pretty good while he's been up. So uh, for sure, I wonder what they're going to do. Um, come like if they get the uh, my Scooble and because Scooble's going to be the prize next week. You know, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Once he goes out there, there's not too many guys that have his twenty six k to seven walks uh, in 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 three hundred innings pitched out there on the wire for us to get. So he's going to be, um, I think, a big fish. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, we haven't been able to bid on him, but he gets two starts. He right. gets Oakland and then Toronto, but both are in Detroit. Uh, so good place to pitch, obviously. Um, and then who knows when he'll pitch next after the break. So we'll see about know. that. You know, that, that's the thing. Is like It's frustrating because like, oh, home start against Oakland. We want that, but we're not going to get that there. But uh, like you said, yeah. And Manning's next start is another also home start against Toronto. So he, he misses out schedule-wise on some of the goodness there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys speculated on Kyle Wright too. Did you have any interest in that? Because ah, that shoulder really like um, kind of bugs me. You know, it does. It and does. He wasn't really right this year at all in the beginning of the season. Um, and he was just the kind of guy too that like you know uh, I think kind of went off the career year uh, bump up. Do but, we have uh, an ETA on Wright? I think I think they said like uh, possible end of July. Maybe beginning of August okay. is the last thing I read. So that's a long stash. It is. It is. Yeah. And Soroka pitched well and Allard pitched yes. well. So their urgency isn't necessarily needed right now. Maybe, uh, you know, who knows? You know, we'll see. We got to, like I said, a month. Um, we still have a month. Maybe Morton gets banged up. He's He tends to be a little fragile. Who knows mm -hmm. with Soroka? He definitely is a little fragile. Uh, but yeah, I mean, right now they don't have that pressing need, which is. is Nice to be a Braves fan right now. <laughs> Definitely is. Uh, I, I give them all the respect and, and credit in the world because they built something marvelous, you know, to uh, to to root for and to uh, enjoy as baseball fans. You know, it's something exactly. else. Yep. Uh, once again, I found this week was tough to find relief pitching. Uh, tough to find mm. closers. I mean, there's some pitchers that are interesting, but roles may not be there. Uh, what are you doing? So, so first of all, who did you find as maybe a, a closer stash for this week? Um, I thought good, good ways to go was, um, no, Daniel Hudson was still available in some league. I think he was like 79% owned coming into the week. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like he got picked up in 11 leagues. So I'm assuming he's all the way there. He went for as high as 148. I, I, I had a couple of like $6 bids on him. I, I, you know, it's still not a lock he's going to get any of the saves, but you know, it just, it's a, 
the allure of the Dodgers and 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 them winning so many games. Um, you know, I think with the Yankees showing that it's going to be Clay Holmes a lot in high leverage. Like Tommy Canley was a good way to look. Um, he's been really good since he came back. He doesn't walk guys. I really like even too even when I take a shot at like just a a middle reliever to put in the lineup for like a mm-hmm. seven game week like this. I just want a guy who doesn't throw a lot of balls and like just going to protect my whip, you know, and ball sure. percentage is something I could really lean on a lot for that. Um, guys just keep it in the zone. not going to put guys on and, uh, you know, allow a lot of hard damage to make it even worse. I think Carlos Hernandez is interesting. Um, had Especially some big after the Chapman trade, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've, I've had him in the watch list since spring training, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I really had like, honestly, Before yeah, it was moved. cool. You had him. Yeah. yeah. He was just one of those guys. They just saw like, um, you know, he's got the arsenal of a starter and it's been better. Um, and it play, really plays up in the pen. And the thing mm-hmm. about him is he had a lot of blow ups early that kind of kept him uh, under the radar. I think if you're looking at him, um, right. Some big blow ups that if you take those away, the numbers look really shiny. And um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that, um, I don't know what's going on with, you know, Alex Lang. And every time I just, every time I look at the numbers, whether it's the last two weeks or season totals, like, like Jason Foley just seems like the better pitcher, but I guess the better pitcher is being used in the most important moments uh, in the high leverage spot. So yeah, um, I think those kind of guys, but just really, I actually got Trevor May. He was available, I think in one league or two leagues. And I got him for, um, four bucks uh on a team where so this is it's pretty wild but my second main event team like just shot up the leaderboard this week out of nowhere but i'm i'm 22nd um overall jeff and do you want to guess how many save points i have give you one guess like five, <laughs> 46.5. I have the lowest like category of anyone in the top, I think 50. Um, I don't know how it's even that high with so low. So that's probably going to be what I'm focused on. And so I looked at that and they said, all right, well, May's been not great ratio wise, but um, I, I need these saves if I'm going to make a run there. So if you can gobble up any amount for four bucks, I'll take three or four. And if he's gone, or he gets traded, or if he's just bad, I'll just I'll just move on from there. Yeah, good luck. Uh, <laughs> good luck. I, exactly. I, I, I've done the Trevor May thing. Uh, it's he's not oh, what man. we technically call a good pitcher, yeah, but uh, he may I get know. a few saves, so you could you could try that. Um, <laughs> I trust me. I, I know last year my best team, our best team. Uh, you know, we we kind of punt. We didn't. Yeah, we 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 de de de-emphasize saves at the uh, draft table to say the least. And we tried to catch up late and we had those four relievers going and they all stunk. So it's frustrating. Like Ian Kennedy will never sit at my table. Let's just put it that way. But uh, after what happened last year. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's nice knowing you have one thing to address if everything else is firing in all cylinders. Yeah. And it's just tough to speculate right now because a lot of the teams yep. who who may be buyers or sellers, it's just, it's just hard to gauge. Like, I, I, I heard someone suggest that baseball should move the trade deadline back just sort of like um like more teams have the ability to uh decide if they want to be buyers or sellers but oh, no. i think they get enough time as it is you know I and i agree it should be the other way around move it yeah, up move it up i know um yeah so i think if you could find a team um you know that that can it's really bare it's bare right now so if you can i get the what i found myself doing this week was just looking at the top closer skills and making sure no one was slipping you know so i was just trying to look at 
the differences, you know, in the month to month or just from the career and just see if there was any avenues. And it really mm -hmm. wasn't. Everyone, all the guys at the top are doing really well. And um, they really are. <laughs> you know, yeah. Class A, except for Class A today. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give him that. We'll grant him yeah. a, a hiccup here and there. I think he's got 24 right now. That's, uh, he's, he's, he's done. He's, he's, he's all right. Uh, yeah. That'll get you at least, um, eight, nine points on its own in a league. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one last question. Uh, Texas, yeah. they traded for Aroldis Chapman. Do you like him or do you like Will Smith the rest of the way? I like Will Smith right now. I, I, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll mess with that. You know, they're a first place team. They got it going. There's no reason to shake anything up. Um, and you know, in my opinion, I think that's, uh, it's working well right now. Bochi likes Smith. He's done nothing to lose the job. You know, he's been really good mm -hmm. this year. So, I think if it comes to a point where, you know, he he's gotten to a bad stretch, maybe they'll 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 slip Chapman in a, a little bit. But I don't think they're done either. Um, honestly, I, I think I think I, I and I like the way the bullpen's shaping up. I like this guy Grant Anderson. He's got a funky delivery, and uh, he seems to have some nasty stuff. And um, I still think that Joe Barlow and Leclerc can contribute in some way. You know, not as closers, but they have they have a role on this team. And I think they'll add one more, you know, um, one more option to really show down their approach to the season. Because Josh Spore has been really good, too. Except, yeah, until this today. week. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. everybody started talking him up. And then he had a couple of bad outings. <laughs> it's like, look at his 40% K rate. It's, it's still 39, but with, you know, we're, we're hinging on. And dropping. On the, yeah. <laughs> down to 38 now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but it's all right. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he and Barlow gave up the homer today and. Uh, but it ended up being meaningless, but still like, and Will Smith, I think he, he hasn't pit like he, he's kind of on the Bednar path right now where he hasn't had a save chance in over a week. So I'd like to get him back in the mix, especially cause I just <laughs> traded for him in a keeper league. So uh, did you? We'll see. uh did you a week up? ago, a week okay. ago on Monday morning, I did it, got it in in the rotowire staff keeper league. So of course he, he spent the whole week not pitching and then they brought him in Saturday to get like the last two outs. It was, it, I think it was yesterday that Barlow gave up that two run home run. And so they brought in Smith and he got two outs there and, yeah, but it wasn't a safe chance of mm -hmm. things. Yay. Mm -hmm. uh, but whatever. It's not about me. It isn't. Uh, but I am <laughs> I am making that trade. Uh, Rob, t again, tell everybody uh, where they can find you. Yes, um, on Twitter, at Deadpool Hitter. Um, I'm also in charge of the at Pull Hitter Pod account and at Launch Angle that I do with Jeff uh, Jeff Hammerman and Rob Silver. Uh, on the Patreon, just um, search Pull Hitter, and you'll find my Patreon there. Uh, Patreon does offer a free week into that five dollar entry tier that I mentioned. Nice. Um, yeah, and uh, that's it. You catch me talking a lot every week. Um, think I'm, uh, I'm about at like seven, eight pods a week, Jeff. So I'm catching up to you. I'm, uh, You're going to pass I'm, me at that pace, my friend. <laughs> um, I'm not doing that many. Although I do the radio too. So there, yeah, there you go. the volume in your lifetime. That's what I'm trying to catch up to. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> keep 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 plugging. You'll, you'll Thank get you, there. Jeff. Appreciate All right, it. thanks everybody for uh, listening. Uh, thanks again to uh, Rob DiPietro at Dead Pole Hitter on Twitter. Thank you for listening to RotoWire. We'll be back at you again with Fred Zinke on Tuesday, the 4th of July. Thanks for listening. Take care. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.